calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Happy Zelda Day, and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. Da, 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 da. Oh, I that never expected beautiful. you. Yeah, Matt, Matt Perslow's getting the pipes out. How, how are you doing? Uh, I'm okay, thank you. That's yeah. that's the opening of the chest and the delight that is the IGN UK podcast oh, coming out of it. That is lovely stuff. I didn't even know you had such a lovely little poetic intro planned. Uh, Emma, <laughs> have you got any? Uh, have you got maybe a soliloquy for us about Link? Not off the top of my head, no. <laughs> no <it's fine. laughs> I mean, how do you follow Matt's lovely intro? You, you can't, can't follow really. that, can you? You can't. Um, if you're expecting to hear all about Tears of the Kingdom today, you won't, <laughs> uh, because we haven't had a chance to play it. But my God, let me tell you, next Friday will we be basically probably talking about that game for at least an hour, I imagine. Um, but yeah, we haven't played it, so we can't really talk about it today. But by all accounts, it looks pretty good. So... Um, can't wait to get stuck into that what we will talk about this week though is we will do a bit of zelda stuff because you know we haven't got much else to talk about because zelda is kind of taking over the world at the moment or our world anyway we will make a zelda game each we're going to do one of those and the way we're going to do that we'll get into a little bit later but first i'm going to briefly talk about a game that kind of i it just snuck out i didn't realize it was coming out so soon uh honkai star rail (laughs) But yeah, I've been getting on board the train. I've played, I say getting on board, I've played like an hour to two. I've done like the opening section, got to grips with the mechanics. If you don't know what Honkai Star Rail is, it is a turn-based RPG from the creators of Genshin Impact, which is, I I've did the same thing with Genshin Impact. I played like the first two or three hours. Had a fun enough time. Uh, funnily enough, actually taking quite a little bit from Breath of the Wild from what from bits it was doing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You've played quite a bit of Genshin, right, Matt? Um, probably about 15 hours of it. I've not played Much it since kind of like the year it came out. Um, I remember, like, we spoke about it on the podcast at that time. Like, so uh, I, I, I remember. I like the kind of like, you know, obviously it's not genuinely Breath of the Wild. It's not that kind no. of like open world immersive sim-ish weird RPG 
mashup thing that Zelda is. But it had got like a like a. I like the little dungeons that you went on. I like the visual mm-hmm. style. I liked that kind of like you could like whip up flames in tornadoes it and had stuff a like glider that. thing yeah yeah it had got some really good ideas and considering it was free and yeah. from what i could tell at least over those 15 hours i was never there was certainly i was pushing up the edges of the free experience where it would be like oh you can't do this today because you need to wait for your things to recharge but overall it did feel like reasonably kind of generous yeah, for a, I'm getting, a, a, I'm a certainly a genre that is well known for like has a yeah. dodgy reputation of kind of conning people into gambling all the time, right? Yeah, so it's got the gacha mechanics, right, where you can either use uh, in-game currency, which you do actually steadily get in both of those games quite generously, um, or you can obviously pay real money if you want to use these gacha machines, which, you know, it's normally fine because you're getting, like, extra abilities or cosmetics, but key to these games is actually getting new characters to join your parties, and there a lot of those are hidden behind the gacha mechanics, which is where, you know... Is it quite pay to win? I don't know, because some of those characters are much more powerful than others. So it brings that into it, and that's where it comes into it. But from what I've heard so far, and we gave Honkai Star Rail a 9, by the way, and I think our reviewer said not once in their dozens of hours of playing have they actually felt the need once to engage in the paid mechanics. So... And I haven't, I haven't felt that way in the two hours I've played it. Whether I'll play much more now Zelda out is another question. But what I played, I, do you know what? I'm very impressed. And maybe I shouldn't be surprised because Genshin is a very stylish game. And what this game does mm-hmm. have is a lot of style. It's kind of, it's a turn-based RPG, very much like in the structure of a Final Fantasy. So you're going okay. through these quite linear levels where, you know, it's from battle to battle and if you go slightly off the beaten path you might find a chest or something right. with some with some currency or something but apart from that and then you're just going from uh turn-based battle after turn-based battle but these battles themselves are, are actually they're so good i'm actually playing this on mobile i don't play like any games that aren't um like puzzle games on marvel mm-hmm. snap on phone but it's only out on pc and mobile at the moment it does oh, plan they to not come to the... playstation right okay because obviously uh I think Genshin came out on PlayStation like, yeah. at launch, I think. I think so, but I wouldn't want to play that mobile. Whereas a turn-based game, I, I'm happy playing on a, mm-hmm. a mobile. And it's just, even on my small little like phone screen, it's just so, so stylish. Like Every attack and ultimate ability, the animations they have, it kind of has that little... I say it lightly, but that little bit of Persona 5, like mm-hmm. Penash to like, you know, these ridiculous and they are repetitive you see the same ones over and over again sure. but they do look stunning and the music's great and in the terms battle, of the battle system that's what it, i was yeah is it uh final fantasy persona in terms of like just purely from a menu or has it got a like a, a special source going on there it's got a little bit so it is it is kind of it is menu based so you you fight in order so at the moment my part part is four sometimes it's three you start off with just one but you have your part in you'll take turns at doing your attacks it has the order on the side Mm -hmm. so you know who's up next and if it's the enemies or you and then each enemy has a health bar but they also have like a break bar and each different enemies have elemental weaknesses so it is kind of bringing a little bit of the persona in and each of your heroes and that's where it comes to you want to build a party with like a a variety of different elemental damage types they can do um so basically you want to either you can just go straight for the health bar but more often than not you want to do the break bar so then you can do more damage to right them. okay it, it's final fantasy 13's kind of stagger system a, by the yeah a bit it, like yeah. that yeah but the cool thing is so as you do standard attacks you also have every time you do a standard attack you build like your energy meter which 
means you can do your ability, which isn't just a standard attack. Right. And the abilities range from either giving someone a shield or, you know, damaging, you know, three enemies at once instead of just one. And you can you build those up so they're for your team. So you can think it's up to five I can store at the moment. Some cost one, some cost two. And you can use those as you go through the battle. But also, as you do those attacks, you build up your ultimate bar as well and your ultimate bar can be triggered at any time in the battle so you don't have to wait for that character's turn so you can huh. interrupt that's the cool. enemy's flow yeah and that's where they range from like a lot of them are just like elemental like aoe attacks on like the whole of the opposite team and that's where you can like really turn the tide it's just really even though i'm playing on mobile just i do wish i was playing on playstation but you know that's what it is uh but it's just really stylish and like I said, I don't know how much more I'm going to pay for it just because Zelda is out. But and I've been having some server issues, which is slightly annoying. Otherwise, I would play more. But um, it has got that. It has got that Final Fantasy Persona itch that I've kind of been craving a little bit recently. Kind of tiding over until Final Fantasy 16, although that isn't turn-based. Mm-hmm. But you know, well, but not yeah, that you're going to have any time. But if anybody does have that itch and they're not going to play Zelda, mm-hmm. I've played. I've I've only played kind of like the intro of it but it's something that i will probably play slowly across the year is is a game called chained echoes that came out last year mm. which is basically like it feels a bit like a demake of final fantasy 9 it's got a lot of the kind of uh, sort of atmospheric kind of trappings of final fantasy 9 but it looks like a snes era um final fantasy mm-hmm. game but it, that's got a really fantastic battle system turn-based like as those games are but you have like a meter and it starts kind of like in like the, I think it starts in green, which means that you're just doing normal attacks, mm-hmm. doing normal things. But when you build that, it builds over time, and then it gets into an orange section. And then when it's in the orange, like everything you do is more powerful. Like your, your heals are better, your defenses are better. And it's got like everything that you do builds that into the red at the very end of the meter and what you want to do is you want to keep it in the orange because in red you take way more damage in green you're just doing like normal and and it's balancing it so some attacks do loads and then it will randomly choose a type of attack every turn it's like if you do that attack that system that seems really cool if you do that attack it will reduce the meter so you're balancing it in there and -hmm. it just adds that kind of little there's not only the tactics of the turn base against your enemies, but there's also the the strategy of keeping within the best bit of the bar. It's yeah. it's, it's super super good, and like the story is genuinely very good. Like I would, it's on Game Pass, Chained Echoes. It's there made by one dude. It's really check good. Out, check out Chained Echoes if you've got Game Pass. But yeah, Honkai Star Rail is also it's free to play. Like I said, I don't feel any need to buy any of its currency, and it is extortionate the prices you pay for those anyway. But um, yeah, I'm having a good time. I'm not. I like the aesthetic. It's kind of like it is like sci-fi, um, like Star Rail by name. Is like it's this. I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Some weird like metaverse, not metaverse in you know the Facebook way, but you know like there's some AI, there's some sci-fi train stuff going on. You start on like a space station. I like kind of that sci-fi look to it. The story and the characters they're passing me by. I can I honestly they're not doing a lot for me, but. Um, I think that's maybe just because I'm playing on mobile and I'm not fully locked in in that way. But, like, it's got a real, like... It's got that... I don't want to just, you know... I always say this, but I don't mean it in a necessary pejorative way. It's very anime. And normally anime just doesn't click with me. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. And, yeah. 
I know, but people, you know, we have a lot of anime, anime fans, but I, unfortunately, exactly. anime Matt's not on the on the podcast today, so there's exactly. no anime <laughs> aficionados. Um, and yeah, Emma, are you those, a secret anime? You know aficionado? the vo- you know the voices I mean, where they're all like, oh, I'm sorry, yeah, I can't, yeah. do, I can't do it with it personally. But um, yeah, I'm I do want to engage more with that battle system, but yeah. I don't know when, because like we said, it really was a stopgap to Zelda, I'm not going to lie. But yeah, maybe check out, if you want a free game to play on mobile or PC, check out Honkai Star Rail. Because, yeah, like we said, we gave it a 9, and it does, by all accounts, seem very good. So yeah, it was the same. Maybe I shouldn't have been surprised, because I think I was surprised when Genshin came out, and it was actually very good, because I thought that would be a bit of a, like, you know, basically a ploy to get money out of you. But it kind of... Kind of is and kind of is, but you know, yeah. Check it out, maybe. You gonna check out the Honkai Star Rail, Emma? Eventually, at some point, I think. Like it's on my list of stuff to eventually play. But right now, I'm too deep into. I'm back into CS:GO, which is taking nice. up a lot of my time. Um, ready for CS2, and then I've been playing a lot of Apex as well. And now we've got Zelda, so you're just clicking heads all over the place. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, Zelda will be a bit more relaxing and. <laughs> Oh, you'll be clicking some heads on that. When is CSGO 2? Have they got an exact date yet? It's just summer right now. Yeah. That must be exciting. I've never played a single round of of CSGO. We should have a go. We should all hop in together. You know I'm not great with a mouse. I'm going to look like an absolute amateur. But yeah. There we go. Should we talk about building a Zelda game? Should we just get around to it? Let's just do it. Let's do it. That's why we're all here. Um... How do you build a Zelda game? I mean, I think the joy of Zelda is, you know, they have a rough outline of what a Zelda game is, but within that, you can kind of do what you want, and that's what they've done over the years. Like, it doesn't have to be an open-world game. It doesn't have to be... It doesn't have to have weapon durability. It doesn't have to have anyone speaking in it. You know, it's just... Zelda is Zelda. Now, I think, what are the only rules to a Zelda game? What, an overworld with some dungeons? Is that it? I mean, even... Well, yeah, I guess Breath of the Wild does sort of have that in its own sense, right? But it's not the traditional Zelda dungeon. But you want kind of some abilities that unlock an interesting thing that helps you along the way. Mm -hmm. You want an overworld, whether that's an actual open world or more of a kind of like guided experience. Um, You want you want some cool sort of dungeon design somewhere in there. Some puzzles, some combat. You know, you want a you want a bit of this. I want a bit of that. So what we're gonna do is we've got eight categories here to build our Zelda games with. The first one is just genre. We're going to pick a basically pick a game that we want to steal the genre from, essentially. It's like it would be structured a bit like this. Something like that. Then we've got map slash overworld, so that's like, that's self-explanatory, isn't it? Then a dungeon. You can pick anything from another game to become a dungeon in this one, essentially, is how I thought about it. Yeah, you think, These you're are going to be of, weird. What, what's a game that's got like a really cool kind of place that you go into that provides a challenge, and that's what yeah. we want to transplant. Exactly. And then we've got two ability slots, so you can have one ability from a game and another ability from another game that you maybe unlock along the way, because Link needs those abilities. Especially, you know, what would Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom be without those abilities? You'd just be jumping around. Who wants that? Uh, art style. So Zelda's had a lot of different art styles. Is there a game that's had more distinct art styles over the over the course of a series? Probably not. Possibly um, Final Fantasy. Nah, Zelda, mate. I'm saying it's Zelda. I'm locking it down. The music slash composer. We haven't really... I'm not going to lie. We did this fairly last minute last night. Um, so 
what just you choose a composer from another game to put their spin on the Zelda score? Is that what we're sort of thinking? And sort of like I guess if the if there's a score out there that you know a game that's got want, good music, you can say like I want this vibe going I want, on. Yeah, like yeah. I want I want the Rock Band two soundtrack in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not picking that one this time. Uh, and then of course the secret source, whatever you want, just a bonus. Stick it in there. Anything from any other game. Um, and of course, yeah. Once someone picks one game, they can't. No one else can use it in any other category. It's gone forever, and that includes series, right? So you know, you can't. You know, if someone said Arkham Asylum, you can't take Arkham Knight. Are we doing that? Is I mean, that fair? but but if you were to choose, say, something from Final Fantasy, those games are very okay. different from one to I think. Maybe you if can it's just specific, choose... yeah. Like I, if if I wanted the Arkham from Arkham Knight and you were like, well, I want the Arkham from Arkham City. I feel like that's too close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like yeah. On a case-by-case basis, yeah. I think. We're, 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 we're kind people. Right, let's throw out the order because we do this uh, in a snake system. So whoever goes first, then goes, what, sixth? Oh, no, fifth? Sixth. Yeah, God. My brain. I'm not 100% well. <laughs> Deal with it. Right, I'm going to do the wheel of names to see who goes first. Uh, how do I... There we go. Here, here we go. Who's going to go first? I really want to go first this time. And I'm not going to rig it. Oh, my God, it's Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. Uh, Let's see who goes second. Listen to me spinning a wheel. It's me second. So Emma third. I I, I never get the back-to-back pits. I'm always waiting. Okay, so Matt goes first. You're going to absolutely snooker me because I think we're in similar positions here, whereas I've got a very distinct game I want to build here. And if one or two things go, I'm done. Right. Okay. So I'm going for dungeon first. Oh, and I am taking the clockwork mansion from Dishonored 2. So uh, I did want Dishonored 2 for something. So that's annoying, isn't it? Mm hmm. So yeah, so if anybody doesn't know, the Clockwork Mansion is is a giant kind of uh, house uh, that makes up the majority of a level in Dishonored Two, and the house actually re- you can, you can pull levers and it completely recalibrates, so it all like walls will open and new rooms will unfold out of those walls, mm-hmm. and you can get in between all of the mechanics, so you can kind of tinker with the house and reshape it to be able to navigate around it. And I think that sounds like the perfect kind of basis for a style of dungeon in a Zelda game, like I being mean, able to reformat yeah. the dungeon around you. You're just, yeah. I mean, you're never going to go wrong taking one of the best designed levels in any game and putting it in this one, are you? There we you go. Know, it's not going to go wrong. Yeah. I, I, I did want to pick Dishonored. Can I pick Dishonored? But if it's for, something com- for a completely different reason. If it's reason, for a completely we'll different reason. have to hear it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. My genre. I want assassination immersive sim. Can I pick I, Dishonored? I, I, think, I think that's a different <laughs> enough part of Dishonored yeah. to yeah. choose. If not, I'll pick yeah. Deathloop. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I want specifically the assassination immersive sim genre where basically you're sent out given targets and basically you have to work out how to get those targets. Okay, that's yeah. what I want. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. So yeah, my game uh, <laughs> Link is a worldwide assassin. But we'll reveal more about this game later. But yeah, I feel like that it's kind of got that Breath of the Wild element of, you know, they basically say there's Ganon in the middle of this world. Yeah. Go and beat him. And they don't yeah. really tell you much more. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of I'm surprised that you didn't what. like choose Hitman. That is what Hitman is, the entire system well, is. Well, maybe I've got other plans. Right. <laughs> um but we'll see. Maybe I've got plans elsewhere for, for the barcode. Um don't steal him. I'll kill you. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, that's kind of they rough. Like, if you want to be obtuse, you could call Breath of the Wild an immersive sim. Is it obtuse? I, 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 don't, I don't, no, I don't think. No. I think what it is is it has the same values as an immersive sim. Whilst an immersive yeah. sim typically would be a first-person, small but dense world where you can have a massive impact on the world around you by mm. the way that you, and the amount of choice that that world offers you. I think while Zelda is not an immersive sim, as in what we would put on the, not that that term ever gets put on the box, but it has a lot of the same values as games like Dishonored, as Deus Ex and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's very much about you forging your own path through a very detailed world. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, you know, we've put Dishonored and Dishonored 2 there. You know, just remembering those times when Arcane... We're on top of the world, eh? <laughs> uh, but there we go. Emma, you've got back-to-back choices now. You can you can take hold of this. Oh, I'm very excited. I think. Can I go for genre as well? Can I go? You can go. Yeah, you can do it? wherever you want. Okay, so I want to give Zelda the like Metroid Prime treatment of going Ooh. first person. Okay, so a really first awesome. person Metroidvania yeah. is what we're getting. I, I I would also consider this. I think actually, like more than the game that I have ended up trying to build, I do think that kind of Metroidvania angle is the most like enticing for Zelda at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because like when I think of Zelda, I think especially of like Breath of the Wild specifically, it's like you're going around. You're probably still like revisiting places. You're going back to areas. Mm-hmm. It kind of just seems to fit really, really well. And also, I love the idea of like having like motion controls for first person, taking on mm-hmm. enemies like that. I just think, I think it would fit really well. And like, I think the only Zelda, well, it's kind of a Zelda game that I've played that's actually technically like first person is Link's cross, uh, crossbow training on the Wii. <laughs> so yeah, channel that a little bit, but like, you know, bring it up is, to date, bring it to Is he going to have the bow and arrow or are you going to give Link a gun? I mean, is I it think a shooter? you could have some kind of, yeah, like, gun in it if you make it i don't know maybe like mm-hmm. a bit more like woodsy maybe it's yeah. like a like i don't know like a wooden pistol or something like try and or you could with... like pick up yeah i mean yeah you could pick up like one of the ancients like laser things i don't know yeah so, that's cool. thing. you can do anything you want with it can't you but yeah you've got another choice now okay where um, are you going i'm gonna go with music oh okay this one and i think I mean, I could imagine that you may have considered this as well. I don't know. I might be way off base, but Hades has got amazing. Uh, that music, was right? my first choice. Yep. I was going to sign up Darren Corb, but I'm going to not. So thank I'm sorry, you. Sorry. Oh, does that mean? I guess to a point with that is like Darren Corb is out. You can't choose one of his yeah, other. Yeah, he scores. was just going to be. Yeah, Darren mm-hmm. Corb has been taken. I'm sorry. It's just that. I guess. Again, when you're thinking like Breath of the Wild, you kind of it's quite chill music. It's sort of like it gets a little bit jazzy at mm-hmm. points when mm-hmm. it like picks up. And I think like I'd like to see it get like a bit sort of deeper, a bit more fiery. And I think like the Hades soundtrack really. I do think that. Hades has become my favorite of his scores, although Bastion still is. Really? Is, he, is, he, is uh, it Transistor? Is no. Well, I say that. I think actually it might be Pyre because Pyre's got a lot more <laughs> lyrical work in it. That's really fun. Yeah. Oh, he's good, isn't he? He is good. But yeah, those are good choices. Those are solid choices. I can see that coming together. I've got enough. So I haven't thought about where do I go next? I'm just going to go for my map slash overworld. Mm-hmm. Cool. Because I, I kind of want really want this one. And I'm getting slightly cheeky here. And I'm sure you'll let me off. Because just because think the idea of it, once I explain it to you, 
it works so beautifully. The Bioshock Collection. So in the air is Columbia, and you can fall down to the ground into Rapture. You want the multiverse of... Of yeah. Bioshock. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. a good it's, idea. It's kind of like Tears of the Kingdom. There's the upper world. There's mm-hmm. the lower world. So yeah, basically, my game will be. You can go around Colombia, which is maybe. I don't know. Maybe there's immersive sim elements. You know, the assassins. You have to look for clues in the sky and go down to kill them below. I don't know. I'm not actually and building when, this game. And are go you on. just using the concept of a city in the sky and a city below, or are you actually using Columbia and it's going to be I'm that? I think I'm going to use Columbia and Rapture. Right, so but they're going to have stylized that, in that a different kind way. of early 1900s sort of yeah, vibe. Yeah, I'm going to it. for an. Um, yeah, I kind of want an Art Deco feel as well to a lot of it, mm-hmm. um, which builds into some other things I've got going on. But yeah, so I'm thinking, yeah, uh, a city in the sky, city underwater, Rapture, Columbia based. And yeah, you you have to go around and I don't know how many, uh, there's a few targets. I'm going to say there's nine targets uh, dotted around both of these worlds. That uh, And there's always a lighthouse, remember? So maybe there's a lighthouse somewhere. Maybe you start in a lighthouse. That's like the big open. And then you go up. I was gonna, that's just the opening of Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> um, but, but there we go. Yeah, so I'm taking the Bioshock collection, which is a little bit cheeky. But it is sold as one product. So, you know, I'm taking it. There you go. Matt, you've got back-to-back picks. Lovely. So, I'm going to take an ability. We're, we're, we're allowing mm. ourselves two different abilities. Yep. Uh, and I'm going to, for my first ability... So, so my game, provided it comes together, is sort of like a semi-reboot, kind of like like timeline weirdness thing going on. <laughs> and so you're going to have another thing called the Ocarina of Time. But this is from Titanfall 2. It's the Uh, time hopping uh, system from Effect and Cause. And so Link will have this this device called the Ocarina of Time that allows him to switch between different time periods within the world of Hyrule. You are just building Dishonored 2 levels here. Uh, no, I'm not. Because that is a crack got... in the slab. <laughs> yeah, but a crack in the slab doesn't work in the way that um, the, the time no. hop does in Timefall 2, right? Like, I'm thinking more of that kind of more puzzly style, like you're hopping between things to... I know that I know that a crack in the slab does elements like that. But I know it's more mean. the Titanfall vibe that I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. No, I like it. That works for him. And it's called the Ocarina of Time. Still. It is called the Ocarina of Time. I know that's got jackal to do with the actual Ocarina of Time game, but that's what it's being called. Okay, oh, yeah, it's fine. Does it play like a musical note when you use it? Still, uh, probably is a hint towards kind of like games yeah. of of old. What else are you going for? Uh, I am. Co- I'm trying to think of the things that people will actually steal from me. Um, but being very tactical here. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to think there's not a lot else people are going to steal from me. I think mine is going to go in a fairly unique direction at this point. So uh, I'm going to take the... um, Oh, he's thinking. The map and open world design is going to be Grand Theft Auto V. Nice. Okay. It's gonna be in LA. <laughs> well, it's not gonna be in LA, LA. but it's gonna have that like what? the You're the, taking the map. Yeah, well I'm taking the overworld design of okay. GTA five because it's going to be set in a city. It's going like mm-hmm. Hyrule's like castle 
will be yep. in the middle of a giant metropolis because this is a sci-fi Zelda. <laughs> okay. That sounds cool. Okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a big kind of like metropolis city, kind of like, yeah, it kind of has that elements of LA where it's got kind of like, you know, your more kind of like downtrodden kind of suburbs going into the more metropolitan sort of center and it all spins around this massive Hyrule Castle that's kind of like, I guess, your ultimate aim. Are there loads of people in the street just like kind of flipping off Link, being like, and just swearing yeah, at there, him? There's no, no swear. I'm not taking the tonal spin, oh, but okay. like you would be able to, like, there, there would be like, I guess, like. I'd kind of like if you did. A, a Goron sort of region and sort of like, yeah. uh, what are the fish people called? Um, uh, I was literally playing this bit of the world the other Garud- day. No. Gun, no, what are they from? Um, They're the flying ones, aren't they? The possibly, bird, yeah, yeah, the bird guys. I'm, I'm not a, a full Zelda knowledgeable head. But yeah, yeah. Prince, Prince Sidon, you can probably go, so, go sorry, and meet him. Let me write that in. I'm keeping track of these GTA 5 feet of map, because yeah. why not? Um, right, I've got... Where do I go? Am I just going to do these in order? I don't know. I'm going to... Hmm. No, I'm going to take an ability. Um, and if we're in Colombia, we know the Skyhook is very cool. I can't take the Skyhook. I've already taken Bioshagan, but, but I've got something better. Uh, Link can zip around like Spider-Man nice. in my game. <laughs> That's cool. Um, which kind of gives you that. I'm kind of building the open world Bioshock infinite that we never got, <laughs> where you can zip around the city and kind of, you know, we got we kind of got it in a small measure, but... I want that. I want Link to basically be able to zip around like Spider-Man. Because that's something you can't do in an open field like Hyrule. Because, you know, who would live in a field when you can live in Columbia? Actually, would you want to live in Columbia? It's not very nice, is it? Um, but you know what I mean. So, yeah, my Link can zip around like Spider-Man from Marvel's Spider-Man, if you didn't know what game I was, I was talking about there. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a... I feel like... Because you want my, I think my abilities aren't going to be combat based. Because my combat will mainly be like swords and bows and arrows and a bit of stealth and stuff like that. So I'm going to take more like traversal mechanics just to give you a little, little. I don't know, don't know why I'm helping you. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'm lying. Who knows? Um, Emmy, you've got two picks. Okay, I'm going to go for... So for my dungeon pick, it's not like a specific place, but it is like a dungeony activity. Oh, okay. So I've gone for... It's in, like, all the Souls games, really, but let's say Elden Ring. Um, okay. I'm going to have summons for dungeons, so you can summon in your friend and they can come and help you. Okay, um, so you, cool. you wouldn't be able to do it for, like, the main game, but when you do go into dungeons, yeah, you can get your you friends get to come help. in. But that also means that other people can invade your game and make it harder as well. Um oh, Okay. And I'd say like that would I to to make it like extra hard. I'd have it so if you do end up getting a friend in, and yeah, like invasions as well, then all the NPCs that you might find in that dungeon would also become hostile, just to make it That's a bit good. more challenging. So, <laughs> my second choice for dungeon, I haven't. Luckily, I've still got my first choice sitting there. My second choice for dungeon was going to be the Halig tree from Elden Ring. <laughs> 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 but I'm not going to. It's my second choice. It's fine. I don't know how that really would have fit into my game, but you know. There you would go. have made it work, I'm sure. Exactly. Um, but no, I like that. Invade basically an in- a dungeon you go in that, c- that can be helpful, but can also be horrible yeah. through invasion. 
exactly. Like you can decide yeah. how horrible it is. If you want to go it alone, then cool. If you the want funny friends... thing is, because we haven't played Tears of the Kingdom yet, all of these ideas could be in that game. We just don't know yet. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if half the things we're talking about you can end up doing in this game. So, I don't know. But it sounds absolutely massive. Tears of the Kingdom. Oh. IGN underscore UK feedback.com. Let us know what you think of Tears of the Kingdom because you'll probably be playing it. Um, you've got another pick though, Emma. Where are you going? Okay, I'm going to go for Art Style. Mm. And I'm going to go for Chicory, A Colourful Tale. Oh, very nice. But it's got like a little bit of a spin on it. And I'm hoping that I also get my map because that kind of works into it. But anyway, so everything starts off in black and white. Uh, okay. And then as so, you... Sorry, so it's like, you the un- like you're if you say played something. The Unfinished Swan. Sorry? It's like that. Have you played The Unfinished Swan? Is it a bit like that? No, I haven't played that. Actually. Oh, there we go. But You're in for a treat. Okay, well you can tell <laughs> me if this sounds like it. Maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe it already exists. Um, but yeah, so the whole map will start off in black and white and all like everything you can see. And then mm-hmm. as you like complete dungeons and as you beat like enemies and stuff, you'll get little splashes of colour. And eventually okay. the whole map will become like... Full that color. does sound really cool. Yeah. I like that. It's a little like uh, the the unfinished white just starts off the screen's just white and you basically paint it to find your way. So oh, it's okay. not really similar, but um, but yeah, that does sound cool. But black and white. I was thinking about black and white, but I was thinking of the. I'm not going to pick it now, so I can say it. I was thinking about the aesthetic of Mad World, <laughs> the, the ultra violent uh, Wii U game, right? Um, but yeah. I'm not going to pick that. They're saying about we don't get many black and white games, probably for good reason, because, you know, colour looks good, doesn't it? It does. It looks a bit good. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, Where am I going to go? I'm going to take my art style. So this is the only one... I was worried you were about to take it there, actually. So I'm going to take it now. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to have a bit of the Japanese influence in there and I'm going to pick Akami I want the the painterly look of Akami in my world I don't know how that applies to Columbia and Rapture but it will look cool Um, (laughs) so yeah it's kind of Wind Waker has the the cartoon we've had Toon Link we've kind of but we've never Zelda really had it's not really had the like paintbrush look of Akami before so I'm going to go with that just because despite me playing Akami several times and never actually finishing it, it is one of the most stylish games I've ever played and I and I do really like it. So yeah, I'm going to go with Akami for my art style. Matt, you're looking uh, like you're thinking hard here about where to go next or are you, are you comfortable? Yeah, I think I think I'm a, I'm I'm good. Um okay. in terms of genre, mm. it's going to be a third person shooter. Okay. Oh. Okay. <laughs> what um, have you got any any so, game in mind or just so any? the vibe that it's going to be is Vanquish. <laughs> okay. Is... So so Link is going to have like uh, a suit of armor that is going to have kind of like as you go around and gain your abilities like their chipsets that fit into the armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost kind of like I guess how like Master Chief slots Cortana into the back of his head. But he's going to have this cool sort of thing that's got like on the side of the arm, there's like a, a master blade that comes out that he's going to be able to fight with. But he's also going to use guns. Uh, mm-hmm. He's going to have like boosters, you know, not none of skid. this. Yeah, none of this, uh, this paragliding shit is going to be able to boost around uh, Hyrule. <laughs> 
can build rockets in Tears of the Kingdom. You well, that? this that is true, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and as for the art style, mm. I'm going to go for Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> Okay, love it. This is full sci-fi. <laughs> He's gone full sci-fi. He's gone this, mad. This is like far future of the Zelda timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Though there won't be any of the grot that's in Cyberpunk. This is much oh. more the kind of like the big neon city, the the huge kind of like you know block style buildings and stuff like that. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of glass, a lot of chrome. Yep, a lot of neon. Yeah, yeah. I'm liking it. I'm liking the idea of sliding around that world. You're. I mean, if I'm just looking at your list of games, Vanquish, GTA Five, Dishonored Two, Titanfall Two, Cyberpunk. If someone asked me what Zelda game is that, I think they'd be very confused. <laughs> I mean, they would be at all of these, to be honest with you. But it's quite funny how none of us have gone for Nintendo games. Well, I went Metroid. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, you have. You have. You haven't. Yeah, Nintendo can believe in Emma. Um <laughs> Right, what am I going to go... I'll take my dungeon. Um, and because, you know, my Dishonored game, you know, Dishonored's all about, you know, it's not really open world, it's all about a tailored level, isn't it, and finding someone in a tailored level. So there will be one, let's say it is a lighthouse you go down, or maybe you take a boat somewhere. Maybe you take a boat to this island, and um, there's just this mastermind on this island, but... You don't, you know, it's not combat based this one. It's all puzzles to get to him because you are playing the island from the witness as a dungeon. <laughs> um, maybe not as difficult, but, you know, I feel like that'd be a cool place that, that could be speaking to you over a big tannoy system from the, from inside the mountain or something. And you have to just solve loads of puzzles. And in true immersive fashion, you don't even kill him. You can kill him through beating him at his own puzzles or something like that. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be designing games. Um, but there we go. I'd want to play it. Maybe I'll just play The Witness. All this is doing now is I know I've got Tears of the Kingdom waiting. I now want to play Cyberpunk and The Witness again. So this isn't helping much. But there we go. Um, hopefully these guys... I think these games are all going to... It sound, might sound like a mess at the moment, but I think they're all going to come together in the end once we hopefully. read them all out. <laughs> uh, two, two picks for you, Emma. Okay, cool. So I'm going to go with map. So I was considering Night City because I thought that would be cool. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. we're not going Cyberpunk because Matt's got it. So I think actually this might actually work a little bit better for the route I'm going down. So it Mm -hmm. sounds a bit random, but I'm going with the Fortnite Island. (laughs) (laughs) Which one? I'm going to say like around season two where we got Tilted Towers... Okay, like that's the only one I really know, so that's good. Yeah, there we go, <laughs> classic. Um, but what I think could be like quite interesting is already it's like kind of cartoony, so it would mm-hmm. fit with like my sort of art style and with what I'm kind of going for. Mm-hmm. But also, I like the idea of the map being able to shrink, like it would in a battle royale. So maybe as you progress through the game, there's areas of the map that you can or can't go to depending on i guess you'd have it sort of like as a day and night cycle rather than it just being like you know darker or light you'd have mm-hmm. it so okay you can't go to tilted today you have to okay. go to another point and it would kind of like push you around the map in that way and you're coloring these in as you go exactly you're coloring <laughs> it in as you go <laughs> a day night cycle where the world's black and white sounds dangerous it does but <laughs> don't worry like i've 
we'll work, we'll work this out. out. We'll yeah. work this out. We'll work this out. We'll have, we'll have cool. some some betas and stuff. So don't worry. <laughs> are you uh, you've still got both your abilities to go here, Emma. You've, these are these are big things. You've, are you going to take one now? I am going to take one now. So I am going for another Nintendo game. Ooh, that and is again, allowed. I'm I'm very happy that I got to go for it because it works with my art style and with my map thing. So the whole thing that I'm doing, yeah, is colouring in the map. I know what it is. So I, I need Splatoon, right? I need <laughs> yeah. the splat roller as an ability. <laughs> so I'm thinking like you have it on you and you mm-hmm. can charge it up by, you know, rolling over enemies and stuff. And then once it's, and that's how you get the paint. Are you, are you filling the paint bucket with their blood? <laughs> well, well, kind of, but probably not that horrible. Like it, it would just be like splats of like, let's go rainbow, like multicolors. Let's not just go that red because that would be very scary. Nah, pure red. Yeah. You would love the unfinished one. It's only like three or four hours. You'd love this game because that's what you're doing for most of it is oh just painting gosh. a world with a big, yeah, with, with paint. I'm going to have to puzzles. get into it. I'm going to have to see. It's good. Because, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you charge it up like that and then you'd be able to roll a bit more around. And then once it's fully charged, like just like splat it everywhere. And then that area can become nice and colourful. Mm-hmm. Can you also use it as a weapon then as well? Yeah, so that's how you charge it up to paint the map. Okay. So you'd yep. have to um, defeat some enemies and okay, maybe cool. you get like, a, I don't know, like one of those splat bombs if you do a dungeon or something. Mm-hmm. It's your game. It can happen. There we go. It can happen. There we go. Locked in. Exactly. Right. Where do I go? Da, 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 da. I've got like three choices for my second ability, so I might wait for that just in case. I've got... I'm still not sure what one I want. I'm going to go for my music, just because this is one... There's a slight chance that Matt would take it, but looking at his game, I don't think it would fit at all. So, I'm not worried. I'm going to take... Because I've kind of got that sort of... I've got the the sort of painterly look. I've got... That's uh, not really fitting what I'm talking about, but I've got the... Uh, <laughs> Sort of the art deco-ness of Rapture. So instantly my mind is going to Peter McConnell from Grim Fandango oh. and Monkey later Monkey Island game fame. And he did it like TIE Fighter, I think, as well. So he can do some more sci-fi stuff if I want it. But yeah, I'm going to go with him. And his Psychonauts 2 score is amazing as well. So I kind of want a bit of that going on. It's kind of... Mine's like, it is an assassination of my sim, but it's almost like capery in vibe. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a little bit like, you know, a little bit like catch me if you can sort of vibe. You know, it's all like, oh, you're going to, you're going to kill me, Link. Oh, and he, yeah, he will. He will do that. Uh, but yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going with the lesser talked about Peter McConnell uh, for my music. So there we go. I just, I was so tempted to just go, I'll take Near Automata again, but I didn't. Are you going to do that, Matt? Uh, maybe. <laughs> well, Let's find out. <laughs> yeah. Tell me. Uh, so is it my turn now, is it? Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to do music. <laughs> I'm going to do Ability 2. Mm-hmm. Um, that is going to be the Legion system from... No, 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 not from Watchdog Legion, but oh. from Astral Chain. Oh, okay. So in, twist. In Astral... Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. 
New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Chain, you have this ability where you have these things called legions, which are like digital kind of monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Digimon, um, and they're on a chain and you use them as either a combat or a puzzle-solving tool. So the most simple one, for example, is a kind of weird-looking freak that's got a big sword and you can use it as a combat thing to okay. hit other things with swords. But you can get ranged ones, you can get ones that have various different abilities. And so essentially what it would be is over the course of the game you'd be unlocking different... I don't know what name we'd use in Zelda, but you'd be unlocking different forms of a mm-hmm. digital creature. Maybe it could be a bit like, you know how we were talking about in Star Wars Jedi Survivor, like the enemies that you scan in the world become mm-hmm. things for the Hollow Tactics game? Yeah. Maybe it's a bit like that, but basically you're able to summon in different creatures that you use for different puzzles and combat encounters. Nice, That's from I Astral like Chain. That sounds we cool. We c- call it Scan. Or something, something like that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, nice. So that's my second ability. Yeah. I've also got a secret source. You do. Oh. All these, which is early. technically going to be ability three. Okay. Um, this is from. I wonder if either of you have actually heard of this game. There was a game called Hack and Slash, which is a Zelda-like, but the hack. In, in, in the title, doesn't refer to hacking with a sword. It refers to hacking the actual game. And you were able to rewrite bits of the code mm-hmm. in order... Is this a double fine game? I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't played it. I do know of it. I never yeah. played it, though. Uh, and you were able to rewrite bits of the, the of the game as, like, a puzzle system. So, like, you know, kind of, like, mm-hmm. change this code means that these enemies don't do this or this part of the map does this. Um, I like the idea that like that's a thing that the suit, the the vanquish style suit that Link wears, can do, and so it's it's another puzzle solving system. Yeah, that's no, good. I'm, I've got my second ability here, and I've got I don't know if to go smart or silly. You seem very torn. <laughs> I am because like. Okay, here's the one I'm not going to do, because this is just silly. If all the others were gone, I was just going to go, he can summon a skateboard and you can be Tony Hawk. That's not going to happen. So it's now down to two really good ones. What would fit my world more? I've already got the Spider-Man swinging, so I do have the traversal one. And the other one would kind of be... Uh, oh, God. I'm, I'm really torn here. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to pick the more interesting one. His second ability is the pool gun from Portal. Oh, nice. nice. That is really cool. Because um, I feel like that... Imagine having the Portal gun in an immersive sim where you can just go around the level. Does that break all the levels? We'd work out how to not break all the levels. Um, it's just like in Portal, you can't do it on every surface. So, yeah, I'm going to... Yeah, imagine being on the Witness Island trying to assassinate someone with the Portal gun. We're living the dream there, I think, a little bit. Um, but yeah, my other one... Oh, maybe, do you know what? I'll save my other one for, just in case I need it for Secret Source. But I did have another backup. But I'm feeling comfortable that no one's going to take my Secret Source. So uh, there we go. Emma, your last two picks. Okay, so I'm going to go with Ability 2. 
and I'm going to pick, I think it's in most of the Fallout games, I'm going to say Fallout 3, the mysterious stranger perk. I really uh, like okay. the idea of you being like midway through a fight and all mm-hmm. of a sudden someone in a trench coat just turns up and like helps you out. I think that would mm-hmm. be very, very cool and not very Zelda-like, but we could yeah, make it I more like zelda We could style it. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it just help you fight enemies. Um, and then for my secret sauce, this sounds really out there at first, so bear with me. <laughs> it does work with like my map and the other stuff that I've got okay. going. So my secret sauce is a CSGO style <laughs> like retake where you would have... So Ganon would appear at random points in the game as you're exploring um, and he would go to different parts of the map and plant like a bomb, right? So <laughs> it's on you as Link to go to that area to and defuse the bomb in time. Okay. So if the bomb explodes then all of the colour that you've put on that part of the map, like all the paint that you've splattered everywhere, mm-hmm. disappears and it becomes black and There's white again. There's some good intertwining systems here. This has been thought about. Yeah, I like I it. I was thinking about this very late last night. Like, <laughs> I have to get CS going here somewhere. Um, you've done it. And it actually, do you know what? It actually works quite totally elegantly. It makes sense, well. right? Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. There we go. Emma's game's complete. We'll recap that, though, once we've all done it. So I've got my last pick. So my big assassination game, you did mention a little game called Hitman. The world of assassination, as it now is uh, known as Matthew. So famously, Link, not a chatty, not chatty, is he? Doesn't like to chat. Not really. So (laughs) my Link is voiced by the same voice actor as Agent 47. He just sounds like Agent 47. But also Zelda is in his ear giving him the targets and is the voice of Diana. So Zelda is uh, Princess Zelda is is Diana from Hitman in my game. So my secret source basically is the voices of Agent Forty Seven and Diana from Hitman. I like that. <laughs> that's it. Because <laughs> my other my other secret source was the hacking from Watch Dogs, but that seems boring when you can when you can have Agent Forty Seven talking in your ear. So I'm taking Hitman. I did. You are. You were right, Matt. I was thinking: is it a cheat for me to just take every map from Hitman as the map? And yeah, it is. I think so. Yeah, I didn't do it, but yeah, there you go. You've got your last pick one though. How are you going to tie this up in a bow with your music? Uh, Kichi Akabe, uh near automata. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just. It's just. People knew it was coming. I mean, it's it's, either... it suits the vibe completely, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like you need Hyrule to have that sense of kind of fantasy mm-hmm. while still holding the kind of sci-fi elements of the reimagining, and that's exactly what Nier Automata's music does, right? Yeah. I think it's good. I mean, we've got yeah, we don't go through one of these without saying Nier Automata for music, or I will say Shadow of the Colossus for music, like one of those, but I, I mixed up this time, but there we go. I'm glad someone said it. So let's just run through these quickly. These are our Zelda games. I suppose we've got to give them names as well. Maybe think of what you'd call yours. Um, I'll give you 30 seconds to do that while I talk about this. Um, yeah, so my game is an open-world immersive... Not open... It is actually an open-world immersive assassination sim like Dishonored. That is an open world. Oh, I made a mess of this. Uh, <laughs> the uh, map slash overworld is Rapture and Columbia from Bioshock with the island from The Witness, a dungeon in it. 
you can zip around like Spider-Man and use the portal gun with the art style of Akami and the music of Peter McConnell from Grim Fandango, Monkey Island fame and Psychonauts. And my secret source is uh, you have the voice of Agent 47 and Diana's in your ear as Zelda. Um, and mine would be called The Legend of Zelda um, Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, uh, Killers of the Blood Moon. That's that makes Ooh, more thematical yeah, sense. There like we go. That. Killers of the Blood Moon. There we go. That's what mine is called. Um, Matt, yours. Do you want to run through what yours is? Sure, sure. So, so this is a a third person kind of like action shooter. You know, as melee as well because he's got the 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 master blade as it's called on the suit. Uh, in with a you know in the vibe of Vanquish. You know, it's fast, it's fluid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a, it does have an open world, which is this open world Hyrule. Uh, but it's uh, a bit like more like GTA Five than it is kind of like a Horizon or a Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um, uh, across that world are lots of dungeons, but one of them is uh, at least one of them is very similar to Dishonored 2's uh, the Clockwork Mansion in that you're able to reconfigure the mm-hmm. the dungeon around you. Uh, the the suit has a variety of different chipsets on it including one of them, which is the Ocarina of Time, which allows Link to jump between the past and the present to solve certain uh, problems. He's also able to summon in a variety of familiars, like weird creatures that he can control to solve puzzles and, uh, and, and fight with him as well. And our secret source is, if none of that works for him, he could just like hack into the world using the hacking system from Hack and Slash. Uh, the whole world has got a bit of a cyberpunk vibe. It's kind of like cyberpunk 2077 minus the grot. Uh, and all of this is composed by Kichi Akabi. So it's got that near automata banging soundtrack. And the game is called The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Future. Oh, <laughs> get it on Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> aren't, you, uh, oh, aren't you clever? Oh, <laughs> uh, Emma, follow that. <laughs> oh gosh all right so mine is a first person metroidvania we're giving um the legend of zelda the metroid prime treatment it's set on Fortnite island where we've got <laughs> loot lake um salty springs tilted towers mm-hmm. all that good stuff and um a, like with a d- like day night cycle where parts of the map will be like you'll be able to visit them and other parts you won't at certain times of the day um, the dungeons will let you summon in your friends and also invade other people's games to ruin whatever they're up to at the time. Mm-hmm. You It will be in the art style of Chicory where everything starts in black and white and you're going around the map like doing dungeons, uh, fighting enemies and charging up your splat roller that you can then use to paint the map as you go. But... Ganon is going to turn up at certain points in the game and plant an explosive and you're going to have to retake the zone and stop him from undoing all your hard work. Um, but fear not, because sometimes when you end like encounter an enemy, you can rely on the mysterious stranger to turn up in his trench coat and help you out. And all of this will be to the amazing Hades-esque soundtrack. Nice. And what's it called? It is called The Legend of Zelda, Colourful Calamity. That's good. I like it. That's good. I'd play all these. I think everyone would play all these. So, yeah. 
Ditch Tears of the Kingdom. Who needs that anymore when you've got these three three games to play? Exactly. I mean, these don't exist, but you know, who needs things to exist? We can dream. Uh, It's fine. Exactly. And do you know what? We don't have to. There's some games we don't have to dream of playing, and one of those is the Endless Search. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah, 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 and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Is it endless search? We've been sent in another endless search, Emma. They've gone for the hat trick, and I think they've got the hat trick here. I'm very excited for this one. This is from okay. Andrew. Mm-hmm. So Andrew says, on last week's Endless Search, Cardi mentioned about doing an IMDb known for Endless Search, but with directors instead of actors. And that's what we have today. There we go. I like it when people listen to me. That's amazing. There you I'm go. sorry, Matt, because I think you distinctly said you'd get battered if that was the case. Almost But certainly. you won't. You won't. Let's, I don't think you will. Let's see how it goes. Let's see what Andrew's got in store for us. So... Andrew says, I quite like the sound of that. So on a washed out bank holiday Monday and nursing what can only be described as a hangover of biblical proportions, (laughs) I set about creating a game and it turns out that it works with directors too. So there we go. Do do we want a reminder of the rules for this? Uh, I think people, if you listen last week, you know what it is. It's there'll be 10 directors. We'll pick numbers each. We'll pick five each and then there'll be four films they're known as, known for. And we'll get a one point per one of those we get right. And then if we don't get them all, the other person has a chance to steal one of those point points. It's all becomes fairly self-explanatory, if you don't understand. This is just an episode full of fun little games we're going to play. because. So, well, we we like fun, games, don't we? Don't we? Exactly. Um, shall I, me or you go first, Matt? Who wants to go first? Um, you I'll can let go you first, pick. Oh, okay. Number... Four, please, Emma. So, director number four is Steven Spielberg. <laughs> okay. See, that's actually a horrible one. Because there's so many, <laughs> well, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's never going to be the obvious ones. It's going to be like the BFG in there. But, I'm but not at saying least the BFG. You, can, you, can, you can give four. Like, I could give yeah. four Spielberg films. That's there's gonna, There's going to be a director on here that I some. know, like, two of their films. Yeah, it's, it's the game, isn't it? It's the game. You have a good chance of a steal, though, at least on this. I'm not going to get all four, am I? So we'll go Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is not on there. (laughs) (laughs) Which is amazing, right? I had to double check. I was like, hang on. (laughs) I thought that is the banker. That is the one that's got to be there. Uh, Okay. Jaws? Also not on there. These were the first two I would have gone for. Oh no! If the third most obvious one isn't on there, I'll be. I mean, there's other. I'm not going to go that way now. I'm just going to go slightly. I don't even know how they like how these are done. If it's like by, I don't know how they calculate. But this anyway. is what I tried last week, isn't it? Exactly. I went for all the weird ones. And... I'll go with Schindler's List. That is on there. That is okay. movie number one. Okay, we've got one of them. I've got one more. Ah, uh, there's like so many options in there. Uh, E.T. That is also there. Okay. So that's two points. Two points, but Matt can get a point there if he can get one. Oh, here we uh, go. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yes, it's there. It's oh. movie number four. 
That is a Go good film, that. isn't it? One point yeah, for that. There we go. Two, one up. That's a steal. What, what number are you going for, Matt? I'm going to go for 10. Oh. Director number 10 is Ridley Scott. Oh, uh, Blade Runner. You can do this. That was very quick. And it is on there, movie number two. Uh, Alien. Alien is not on there. Alien's <laughs> not on there. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Um, hmm. Hmm. I'm trying now. Now it's like, am I gonna? Is it? Is it? Should it be weird shit or should it be like iconic I mean, if aliens, bits? If aliens, of, if aliens not on I was there, gonna say you? like. Um, that would have been my second choice as well. Just, just make you feel better. Yeah, it's now like. Is um. I'm trying to think if it's gonna be. You know, we had that really shit sort of era. He's weird. He lost. He kind of mm-hmm. fluctuates, doesn't he? Between yeah. grey and then something not. It's like I'm wondering if it'll be something more recent, like like uh, all the money in the world. <laughs> I never expected that one to go on out. There, but unfortunately, see, that, but it's that's yeah, but there is no logic to it. Yeah, so, yeah you're not? trying to work out this algorithm. I don't think we'll yeah. get to the bottom yeah. of it. Uh, House of Gucci, because that's very modern. Is that on there? That is not on there. No. Oh, I've got uh, a steal. Yeah. yeah, you've had your four. I've had my four. Carry on. I'm going to go with Gladiator. It is movie number four, yes. What are the other One two? Point. like? I bet Prometheus is there in Alien, isn't So, no, there's nothing There's no aliens at all. Related. Not yes. even fucking Covenant. <laughs> so, you've got The Martian, Blade oh, Runner, okay. Thelma and Louise, and Gladiator. Well, I mean, yeah, they're fair, I suppose. See, I was, it's yeah. weird that alien is no alien is there. I was wondering if it was going to lean more modern, which is why I went there. Yeah. But I was like, I was going to say like something like the Duelists, which I think was his first film. Yeah, and the last duel, which wasn't his last film. No, uh, well, it was his last. Oh, anyway, uh, so what, is that three two to? It is three yeah. two to you currently. Yeah, I'm going to go with number one. Number one is Denis Villeneuve. Oh. I mean, he's not done that many films. No, he's so only got yeah, he seven or eight. With this one. Seven or eight. Uh, Dune. That is movie number one. Blade Runner 2049. That is, if you can do this in order, that would be amazing. <laughs> That's movie number two. <laughs> um, now, which one? Now we're on like the second rung of like all very good films, but like those are the two blockbuster yeah. ones. I'm gonna go with Arrival. That's movie number four. Oh. Can you get three? Can you get four for four? So is it? I think there's two more, and it'll be one of those two. Oh, and Matt's gonna it. pick whatever the other one is. <laughs> yeah. I am gonna go with Sicario. It is not on there. Oh, it's prisoners, Sorry. isn't it? It's prisoners. It's, it's not, not even. Is it not? Is it in Sondi? That is the one. Yeah. Wow. Jesus. Movie number three. Wow. There we go. I'm surprised it's that one. But there we go. I'm sorry. I thought you got a guaranteed steal there, Matt. I feel me bad. Me too. Me too. There we go. Uh, um, what, what numbers have we taken now? So that's ten, four, and one, and one. Yeah. So I'm gonna go eight. Number eight is Quentin Tarantino. Right. Um, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction is movie number two. There we go. One point. Reservoir Dogs. That is the first one. Yep. Another point. Uh, Django Unchained. 
Ooh. It is not. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh. Um, Inglorious Bastards? Also not on there. Oh, no, no, no. a surprise. No, I would have that's. There. I'd say Inglorious feels like he's most kind of like weirdly mainstream. I remember yeah. that he was so yeah. big at the time that that came out. I mean, it's out. arguably, a lot of people, reappre- it's arguably his best. I really like Inglorious Bastards. Yes. Yeah. Although I know we, we differ on this a lot. The more I watch Once Upon a Time in America, the more I think... The more I think best. about that film, the more I hate it. You need to watch it again. No, I absolutely um, do not. I don't think that... Is that going to be my pick? No, I'm going to go with Kill Bill Volume 1. Should have gone with Once Upon a nah. Time in America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. Um, and the points. other one was From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, really? He didn't direct that. I was going to say wrote that. It. He wrote it, yeah. A little, That's uh, a Rodriguez yeah. one, isn't it? Yeah. Is... Oh, a little curveball oh. there. I like so it. So this means, then, that it, it, if a writer, if a director is also a writer, then they're oh, written we need stuff. To, we need to bear this in mind, We're slowly maybe. chipping away at how IMDb works. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can tell you really enjoy a bit in the Quizmaster, Emma. I can see. I love it. I'm, I'm having <laughs> the time of my life here. <laughs> <laughs> um, what number was that? Sorry. That so was got... eight. Uh, I'll take nine. Nine is Peter Jackson. Ooh. Well, <laughs> how many of them do I do? <laughs> uh, this is the same problem I had with um, Bloody Vigo Mortis. Yeah. Like, which one do you, which one do you pick? Do I just go completely rogue? King Kong. Yeah, that's actually on <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> that's yes. number three. So that's a point. Now. I'm going to go Return of the King. That is number four. Very good. Another point. Do I go with the others? Um, screw it. Fellowship of the Ring. Movie number one is Fellowship <laughs> of the Ring. Yep. I've got to do it then. Two Towers. That is not on here, I'm afraid. Oh, there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's one left, Matt. Where are you going? See... Like it's do do you go for do the go stuff Hobbit? that's not? It's like do <laughs> yeah. you go Hobbit or do you go his like more unusual yeah. kind of picks? Early stuff, yeah, yeah. Or 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 indeed, I'm not going to actually choose this, but one uh, uh, Peter Jackson I really like is The Lovely Bones. I like that film. As not well. as good as the book. The book is tremendous, and it's not as good as that. Yeah. But I do think that he had an interesting take on it. I, to be fair, I haven't watched it in 15 years or mm-hmm. 10 years, whenever it came out. But... I remember Tucci being fucking amazing in it, I and it was like one creep. of the earliest Saoirse Ronan films I saw and she was mm-hmm. great in it but I'm going to pick uh, The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey I'm afraid The Hobbit is not on there <sighs> is it something like fucking beautiful creatures or heavenly creatures, heavenly creatures? Yeah. it is bad taste oh shit they so had, had a horror one <laughs> yeah real early one there we go there we go uh, I don't know, I've lost track of the points completely, even who picked that one, it was me, wasn't it? So currently, you are in the lead cardie with nine, and Matt has four. Mm-hmm. It's still all to play for, it was though. closer. Anything can happen. Close. And which numbers have gone now? So we've had one, four, um, we've had eight, nine and ten. So it's got two, three, five, six, all seven. All the middle yeah, ones. I'll yeah. go two. Number two is Martin Scorsese. Oh, oh it's exciting. Oh, I wanted him. This this is like, I genuinely... <laughs> Again, he's got like 30. Yeah, so. I don't know a lot of Scorsese. Like, I know Scorsese films, but I'm not like mm. hot on him as a director. So I'm going to go with, I think the most obvious one would be Taxi Driver. And you would be right. That's movie mm-hmm. number one. Starting off strong. Uh, I'm going to go Goodfellas. 
that is movie number three, oh, another yeah. point. Yeah, I'm oh, going to go... Um, Raging Bull. I'm afraid that one is Ooh, not. I would, I would have. That would have been at my four. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna go. Like, I'm trying to think of how this fucking algorithm works. And a part of me is like, <laughs> is some of, of like innocence. The, <laughs> I'm just wondering if maybe bits of discourse like influence like what people are searching for, which then makes them more known for it. Are you going boxcar oh, Bertha? I'm not. I'm gonna go for King of Comedy. No, because of the relation to Joker, and therefore, like people might have been talking about it, and it pushed it up the known bit in the algorithm. It's not right. So you think this is like the Google Trends stuff that's coming in (laughs) into play here? It's gonna. It's not gonna be right, but I'm afraid it's not right. Um, Cardi, do you have mm, a steal in mind? I do. I'm gonna go with a more modern one. I'll go with Wolf of Wall Street. I'm afraid it's also not really. I would have guessed that one. So the other two movies are Mean Streets Mm -hmm. and The Age of Innocence. (laughs) It was The Age of (laughs) Innocence. What? (laughs) I was joking. Like it's not a bad film, but like who? When you ask anyone to name ten Scorsese films, The Age of Innocence is never going to be like there, is it? I would have laughed if it was fucking Hugo. Imagine if it was Hugo. (laughs) Again, quite delightful that film. In good good 3D as well, isn't that? Um, I've never seen it in 3D. I've only seen it on a television. Hmm. That's quite good. Um, right. What numbers are left again? So we've got Two. three, five, oh. six, seven. I'll take three just so we can remember that five, six, seven are left. Cool. So director number three is Brian Singer. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> why, am I, why, why is he here? Why, I don't want to think about him. I literally... You can hear me typing, by the way. I'm just looking at sports news. I'm not, I promise, I'm not looking up. Uh, a likely a, story. Yeah, yeah, a likely story. Um, well, Usual Suspects. Usual Suspects is there. Movie number two. X Men? X Men is there. Movie number one. Storm X Men. No, like X2. That is not on there. <sighs> Do I know another. Like there's films he was attached to but never finished for 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 reasons. Um I'm gonna go with the rule that he was attached but didn't actually finish directing it. Uh because we had the Quentin Tarantino written one. So I'm gonna go with Bohemian Rhapsody. That is not on there, I'm afraid. Uh. I'm going to yeah. go then for my steal with the only other one I think I know, which is Valkyrie. <laughs> A good guess, but I'm afraid did it's he, also not on there. Did he do the Brandon Ruth Superman? So oh. Is it Superman Returns? Is that it? Superman yeah. Returns is actually on here. Ah. Yeah. See, I kind of try not to think about Brian Singer. <laughs> but, uh, but there we go. There was another X-Men as Let's well. Let's move on. So that oh, really? was like <laughs> Days of Future Past. Oh, I forgot oh, that he did that. Atrocious. Yeah, really. I I do not like Days of Future. Like Past the only well. reason I don't think it's the worst film I've ever seen is because I saw X Men Apocalypse as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's wild how that because I think uh, First Class is genuinely a great yeah. film. Like Matthew like Vaughn did a great class. job on that, and boy, did that series go downhill from there quickly. Okay, we have got three more. Where are you going, Matthew? Uh, so five, what six, we've got seven. five, six, seven. Uh, yeah. I'll go seven. 
Seven is Christopher Nolan. Oh, there we go. Uh, Inception. Inception is on there. It would be a crime if it wasn't really, <laughs> wouldn't it? So it really would be. Another a dream crime. Uh, the Dark Knight. That is not on here. Is it not on there? It's not on there. Wow. Which is shocking, quite <laughs> yeah. frankly. Oh, uh, you love you love to see it. Yeah. Interstellar. <laughs> Interstellar is movie number two. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, is he gonna do it? Is he gonna say it? Does he have the IGN UK balls to say it? <laughs> Memento. <sighs> it's not on there, no. I'm afraid. I have to do it. The Prestige. It is on there. It's movie number four. Yes. So the yes. other films were Tenet. and yeah, Tenet? Uh, Prestige. I didn't think, like... David. I, it, it's a noble. It's magic. It's freak. So two... <laughs> so there's only, what, five and six left? Uh, yep, five and six. And their score... The, what is it? Is it closer? I feel like it just got closer, the scores. So it's currently, you've got 12 points, Matt has eight. Okay, it's still within so reach. So could, things could change It could up. all come down to this choice of number, really, five or six. And I'm going to go with number five. Number five is Guillermo del Toro. Oh. Pan's Labyrinth. It's a good job I did a feature where I went through all of his I'm films. I'm going to say, this, this feels like perfect for you, right? Pan's Labyrinth uh, is on there. That's moving But I don't know one. which ones are going to be there. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth. And... Hmm, it's just, it's just, when you think about it, he's not got many huge films. I'm going to go with Hellboy. That is movie number two. We're in order so far. Very nice. Do I go for the other one? Or do I mix it up? Go with The Shape of Water. That is not on here. Ooh. And we'll go with... Hmm, Pacific Rim. Also not on here. <sighs> okay. Here we go, okay. Matt. Time There's for a, chance, a steal. Matt. I'm going to go for an unusual one in the hope that it's got like the Peter Jackson sort of element of it. So I'm going to go for the Devil's Backbone. That is on here. Oh, That's really nice. Four. Yeah. Good Very shout. Very nicely done. That means, I think, if you get all four of your last one, you tie it. It's oh, not going to happen. Go on. And what, what, no one what gets we... all four. Unless they only have four films, yeah. then you're in luck. So... Go on then. Roll me the dice. Okay, it's going so... to be PT in it. The last one for that was Pinocchio, by the way. Um, oh really? Oh, Sorry, nice. yeah, which is like very new, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. So director number six, the final one is James Gunn. James oh. Gunn. Oh, yep. right. Okay. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep, that is movie yep. number one. Oh, mm-hmm. He's on track. He's um, three more. Sliver. No, that he's is gone movie sliver. number four. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's called Super. It's gonna be super. That is not on here. Unfortunately. Oh, Maverick, uh, Maverick decision. Um, I appreciate it. And I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go for something more obvious. Then I'm gonna go for the Suicide Squad. That is also not really. On here. Yeah. Feel like he's one who's written a lot of films. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's true. gonna be one. Famously, 
and I'm just going to do it for the fun of it. Famously, the Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> I like that pick, but it is not on here. <laughs> oh, Brightburn. Who remembers that? Yeah, I went to see it with Jesse. It was fucking awful. <laughs> it's just going to be Guardians and Suicide Squads, isn't it? So it is Guardians 2, yeah, and Movie 43. Oh, He wrote Lord. that. Well, I mean, like, 100 people are involved well, I guess, in that. I guess so that, far. yeah. Hmm. Did you know there he also go. wrote um, Lollipop Chainsaw, the video mm-hmm. game? Yeah, yeah. There we go. I do enjoy that game. I do. Like, I just like talking about films, don't I? That's it, really. But, yeah, I'm, I'm just glad to pull Thomas Anderson was on there and then I had the shame of getting none of them because that would have been... Heartbreaking. But there we go. Um, let's have some feedback. Remember, IGN underscore feedback at IGN.com. I imagine, like we said, next week we'll be almost exclusively talking about Zelda, I imagine. So, um, yeah, feel free to write in about Zelda, what you like. Maybe if there's even things you don't like, because I'm sure it won't be perfect, because nothing in life is, is what you come to realise when you get to our age, am I right? Um, don't know why I'm so bitter suddenly. Uh, Matt. Uh, yeah, I've got one here from Andy Nash, who apparently is a first-time listener, long-time writer. So I hope you find your way out of the space-time continuum sometime soon. Uh, was listening to the Redfall podcast, and it reminded me of a few things. Matt has a soft spot for arcane games and could see some of the good in Redfall. For a no-brains-required shooter, I'm having fun with it. Preempting the comments, I do have some brains, <laughs> although I'm just about uh, to make a case against that. There are game and movie franchises that can do no wrong in my eyes. The Borderlands games and the Transformers movies. Yes, yes, I know I'm in the minority for liking all the Transformers movies, but hey-ho. Finally, when I first started listening to the podcast, the food talk was crisps. So when people would write in saying respect the sea, I took that to mean respect the sea as in sea for crisps. (laughs) I mean, uh, we should be respecting those two, really. We really should. It's a good point. Yeah. It's a multitude. Uh, just thinking back to my no-brains-required comment, I'll get my <laughs> coat. Keep up the good work. Respect the sea, Gravedigger's crisps, and hot donuts covered in sugar mm-hmm. and cinnamon for the win. From Nasha. Yeah. Nasha. Good nickname, that. Um, is there any... Do you have any of those series that you kind of, like, give a free pass to? It's like, oh, I'll find something to enjoy in these. Uh, I definitely do. For, for movies... Even though Crystal Skull is not good, I love Indiana I love Indiana Jones. Jones. Yeah, uh, if it's I on, I will still watch that movie. If it's mm-hmm. on TV and I catch it, I'll sit down and finish it. I think maybe one for me is James Bond, despite a good fifteen to twenty of them having quite horrible misogyny. In. <laughs> I'll like, you know, I can put on. Not that I agree with it anyway, but you can, you can put on the mindset of like, yeah, it's not on, is it? <laughs> but like, there's there's other things to enjoy. Um, yeah, I mean, like, um, I've just finished watching through all of the the indie films, which which I do genuinely enjoy. But like, I th- I think Temple of Doom is shit. Like, I genuinely think it's shit. No, I, it is. Like, no, like Willie particular is a dreadful character, both in the terms no. of like today, yeah, she's, incredibly she's sexist as a portrayal, but like as as a character herself was a terrible mm-hmm. character. But the production value in that film is incredible, and it makes it mm-hmm. a real entertaining watch, even though I think it's actively bad. I don't think it's actively bad, but yeah, it's nothing compared to Raiders and Last Crusade, which are like borderline it's definitely tens. third, you know? yeah, for yeah, me. yeah. Yeah, and then there's Crystal Skull, which we just don't talk about. Hopefully the new one's good. I have faith. I'm hopeful. But yeah, um, is there any, I'm trying to think if there are any games that I just always try, even though 
I know I'm not. I mean, I play FIFA every year despite knowing it's not really an improvement and having lots of gambling mechanics that are detrimental to FIFA, but is that giving a free... I don't know. I suppose it's it's essentially like guilty pleasures. What I want to do is at this point, I want to bring up a rival video games website called GameSpot who recently... What? A lovely man called Kurt... Mate, has Kurt a series called The Kurt Locker yeah. at the moment, a of which man. his most recent thing is about the idea of like loving the 6 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Also brings up a few 5 out of 10s in that. But I think there's something to be said about like the overall like end dic- like dictated score at the end of something can be yeah. bad. But that doesn't actually... That, that really kind of strips out any of the interesting conversation because... While I think that, for example, that the Temple of Doom is a bad film, there's loads of things I really like about that film and I would talk about with a massive amount of enthusiasm and go back to watch that film because of that. Mm -hmm. I think kind of like our reliance on scores and just saying if things are good or bad strips out a lot of the interest that are in these things. Exactly. It reminds me like when you were, I don't know, 10 you just walk into a games shop and like see a game for like two quid you wouldn't then you know we didn't have smartphones so you wouldn't look up like oh what scores did this get like what's Mm -hmm. the metacritic of i don't know sheep do you remember that (laughs) you you could find that for a quid everywhere in game but like yeah those are yeah i miss that is do you remember like the sold out software yeah yeah you used to buy loads of them exactly they're probably all fives and six all of them. Hey, there's there's definitely there's like, like, like there's the Monkey like. Island collection was on the white label That's set, fair. but there's definitely some fives in there. <laughs> definitely, but definitely. you'd buy them because mm-hmm. you just look at the back of the box and go, "I'll try that for two pounds." Yeah, like yeah. Oh, kids are today. Eh? Oh, don't know, don't know. They've got it. Um, but yeah, there's stuff like that. Emma, we've got an email. This is from Tom Lovegrove. Tom says, hi all. Hope you've all enjoyed the cracking double bank holiday weekend. Oh, yeah. It was nice. Oh, yeah. I think I've got a bit too used to like four day weeks now. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the topic of great co-op games, obvious choices for me are the older Call of Duty zombie games and the Spec Ops mode from Modern Warfare 2. Aside from that, though, I think the greatest co-op experience of all time for me is the roguelike third person shooter Risk of Rain 2. It's a game where four people just move from map to map, fighting waves of enemies while slowly collecting more power-ups. Nice and simple, and it also has a banging soundtrack, with one track in particular essentially being a remix slash cover of Purple Rain. Definitely recommend to all. Stay safe and respect all bodies of water. I've never played Risk of Rain, but I have heard it's very good. I played it very briefly, and yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. It's kind of a game... I remember like going into with a bunch of friends and just mm. just you just chat, you just, you know, work through the level. Like I said, go from map to map, you're taking out waves of enemies and it's just it's a nice fun chill time. It's kind of what you there are two types of co op games in there. There are like spec ops or like more competitive like shooters where you actually want to communicate and play it as a team like co op. And then there are games like I don't know, Risk of Rain or like you know, we played like Outriders together, about where you basically just turn off your. But you're playing. You're essentially using the game as a chat room where you shoot things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'd maybe we should try Risk of Rain one day. I don't know. Have you played it, Matt? I have not. No. No. Oh, but yeah, I don't like the rain, so maybe, maybe I won't enjoy it. I've got an email here, following up from uh, <laughs> from something from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, for which, yeah, uh, it's just not my story, so no one can be uh, say this is libelous towards me <laughs> um well not towards me 
Let's just get on with the story. This is from Kieran, and he says, Hearing Alex's story of Stephen Mulhern hanging around an Orlando hotel lobby seeking attention made me write in about my experience with him. I was in Brighton Pride around five years ago and was at the bar getting a round of drinks for my friends and me. Beside me appears this man staring at me who said, I suppose you want an autograph then? And did a little tut and an eye roll. You can kind of see it, can't you? You can see Stephen Mulhern. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I hope he doesn't listen. Uh, thinking this was some sort of chat-up line, I replied, Go on, then. He looked around and asked what I wanted signed. At this point, I was really confused and clarified that I thought it was some sort of chat-up line, had no idea who he was, and did not want an autograph. He angrily replied, I'm Stephen Mulhern, off of ITV. <laughs> Why would I be chatting you up in a pub? <laughs> What what a thing to say to someone. Um, he then turned to two people standing behind him, did a little head towards me and said, can you believe him? And walked away. <laughs> turned out he was doing some sort of guest appearance in the bar later that night. He seemed like a right bell end. There we go. It's a little story about Stephen Mulhern. And a little, you know, little fable there. Just don't be a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's a good rule to yeah. <laughs> like live your life. Imagine yeah. having like... Imagine having an ego like that. Just be like, why would I be talking to you? <laughs> Especially if you're Stephen Mull. <laughs> it's not like he's, I don't know, Tom Cruise. <laughs> but there we go. If you've got any Stephen Mull hurt, no. Um, if you've got any Zelda stories, you want Zelda. What's the best thing you've done in Zelda yet? If you played an hour, if you've played 100 hours before next Friday, let us know. I want to know all about Tears of the Kingdom. This was a lovely time. I had a good time. I hope everyone had a good time. I'm just going to go and get better, I think. I'm not feeling 100% well, but there we go. What music do we want, though? Um, we can't have Nero Tomer again. We can't do it. Um, what have we talked about? Oh, it's going to have to be... I feel like we've had the Hades score 100 times as well. I feel like, well. yeah, we probably have. Because it's so good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Tears... Well, we actually... No, we'll have Tears of the Kingdom next week. I don't know. I'll pick it later. It's going to be a surprise. <laughs> Here's some music. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing 
to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.